Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Today I'm joined on the podcast by my good friend Johnny Bowers to discuss some of the uncomfortable sayings of Jesus. Johnny's on pastoral staff here at the Father's House, and he's also a teacher in the School of Transformation, not to mention my neighbor. We're going to start off getting to know him a little bit. He's going to share some of his story of coming to the Father's House and going through School of Transformation and some of his life before and after that. And then we're going to get into a conversation about how we view Jesus here in the West. There's a common view that has Jesus as a a really fluffy character, a nice teacher, uh, a really nice guy, but not much more than that. But when we read the Bible, that's not exactly the Jesus that Johnny or I have gotten to know. And so we wanted to confront some of those thoughts and, and talk about some of their consequences in our daily lives. We're calling it Jesus, No More Mr. Nice Guy. So thanks for joining us as we get into The Uncommon Truth. I'm here with Johnny Bowers, and Johnny's one of the first people I met here at the Father's House, and I'm finally getting him on the podcast. Welcome here. How's it going, man? It's great. It's really good to have you here. Uh, I was thinking of, we're, we're in the nursery at the church, like always, and they have these new things, these like roller coaster sort of uh, carts for the toddlers, and Johnny's into BMX and, yep. and skateboarding and stuff. I, I pictured you entering the podcast on one of those little carts and rolling, maybe uh, fashioning a loop-de-loop, but... A little 360 action on yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're not doing any video today, so so it wouldn't have, <laughs> we would have lost fun, the though. effects. It just would have sounded pretty pretty crazy when yeah. you landed on your head or something like that. <laughs> Done that plenty of times. Johnny's got a, a little boy named Benton, and uh, he's even more of a daredevil, right? Oh, yeah. he's just He just goes after it. Yesterday, I, I don't know, you might have been on a date or something, but uh, he was with, I think it was your your mom, yeah. your mother, right? Yeah. And uh, there was so many kids. My kids are out playing, and, and I see Benton take his little uh, running running bike, and he's walking up some stairs. And like he's going to go down the stairs on his running bike and mm. uh, had had one of us parents not noticed, he would have he would have been like down those stairs like nobody's business. But oh, yeah, he probably would have. You're training him well. He probably would have nailed it. He was wearing a helmet. You know, he would have been <laughs> fine, right? Yeah. You got to learn. So, um, Johnny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, welcome to the podcast. You yeah, I'm give super us a little excited bit of, to be here. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, on pastoral staff here at the church and I work full-time for the school that we have here, the School of Transformation, uh, among many other hats, but that is my main thing that I do. Right. Yeah, I came to the church in July 2013, so I just celebrated my six years of being here at the Father's House the other day, and uh, how I found this church was, I was in a band in 2013, and we were called the Holy Ghost Revival which you would think, wow, that sounds like a Christian band. Super Christian. Yeah, and with a name like a Holy Ghost Revival, you could play Christian festivals and Christian places, so we may or may not have done that a few times. Yeah. Slipped our way in there, but uh, we were far from Christians. Um, So yeah, in 2013, I was on this journey to find out who God is and who Jesus is and where I fit in the grand scheme of life. And long story short, I ended up at the Lord's Gym, which is a is a gym that we have here in town and it's it's uh, volunteers from the father's house are there and i ended up there and got introduced to some of the people here at the father's house and i never looked back 
it, it just, uh, the father's house church was the answer that I was looking for. It sh- it was the, the place where I came and I just felt like people weren't going to uh, shy away from the truth and that they, they were going to tell me, uh, the truth about who God is and about who I was. And there wasn't going to be any fluff, uh, in their Christianity. And that's what I was seeking was people being genuine. And, uh, that's exactly what I got when I came here. And then you, what, what happened after you came here? So you, you just joined the church or? Yeah. So I came here in July and by March I was signed up for school of transformation. And in that period, I was still in a band. I had a full-time job. I'd just taken a loan out of a brand new car and I just found out that God was real and I had a lot of choices to make. I had a lot of uh, crazy uh, things that I just gave up in the, in that in those months. I knew that if God was real and that if Jesus's words were true, that the lifestyle I lived in my band was contradictory to the way that Jesus says we should live. Right. And I had a choice to make. And so for the first time in my life, I stood up for what I wanted to do and instead of just following the crowds and following the peer pressure of popularity and being in a band. And I, I just, I quit, I quit my, I quit my band, which was really tough because we were, you know, we were local, but we were starting to get a pretty big name for ourselves in this area and, uh, things were starting to, to happen for us. And it's what I thought I wanted all my life. And then God showed up hmm. and, uh, I also had a really good job and a nice truck, and I just thought there's no way that I could live on both sides of the fence. I can't come to the knowledge that Jesus is real and be partying and be in a metal band and and then go to church on Sunday. I I tried that for a few weeks, and it it was just rough, Mm -hmm. right? You know? So anyways, I, I quit my band. I ended up quitting my job because the schedule wouldn't work with the school transformation schedule and uh, just decided that I can't afford this car right now, can't afford this truck. So I just drove it straight back to the car lot and said, hey, I know this is crazy, but I'm going to go to this school and I'm going to learn about God and I can't afford this truck anymore. So here you go. And they just took it back. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) You ever feel like "Uh, I'm not going to drive past that dealership anymore? You know, I actually ran into the guy that runs that car lot and I got to work for him doing like a house move on oh, some no side way. job. And I got to apologize to him face to face because he wasn't there when I turned the truck in. Yeah. And he was like, oh man, he was a Christian. He was like, you got to do what God tells you to do. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's good. Maybe I can go talk to him. Uh, we're we're in the process of filling out all the seats in our car. So yeah. as you know, we're, we are, uh, I'm trying to think of like the, the, title of my craigslist ad before i make it like let my let my procreation become your recreation oh my with this new subaru right <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i filled it up with too many kids there's not enough room for car seats <laughs> so i don't know maybe i need to go make friends with him but you found yourself in the school of transformation what did the school do for you like what was what was that like i guess it was called school of ministry at that time the recent right. name change but same thing what did what did that do for you man the uh, that that time in my life was so uh, amazing and yet vulnerable at the same time, if that makes sense. Because you, you spend all these years 
thinking that you're going to do one thing with your life, thinking that you're going to be in a band and you're finally starting to make it. And then when you get that stripped away from you and you're going after God and you don't really know what that looks like, it's a very vulnerable place to be. Right. So what the school of ministry then now school of transformation did for me was it gave me a foundation to build from. It gave me the framework of saying, this is who God is. This is who Jesus is. This is how you live as a Christian. And this is who you truly were designed to be. This Mm -hmm. is who you are. From the core of your being, this is who you are. And and it, it it began to give me this new identity of thinking, maybe I didn't have to hide behind the masks of being the front man in a band. Right. Maybe people would just accept me for me. Mm-hmm. And as I went through the school, uh, the different months like Salvation Month and Inner Healing and Love and all these different months, the, the teachings just helped me kind of crawl out of this this hole that I dug and uh, gave me this new perspective on life. It actually it actually fulfilled what I had been looking for through music. Okay. It fulfilled that void that I was looking for all my life. Through, through whether that was through drinking or partying and playing music, um, it was God's love that, that filled that. It was, it was the transformational love of Jesus. And not just the, the love, but the, the standard and the, and the discipline and everything that goes along with just Christianity and what Jesus preaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think back to my time becoming a Christian and, I became a Christian in a youth group at like 13 after making fun of the Christians for long enough that they <laughs> they didn't make fun of me back and they accepted me and they answered all my questions. So it was it was like, oh, OK, uh, I, they put up with me long enough to, you know, well, you can't beat them. I guess I'll join them. You're right. Right. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't uh, I could really I guess I could stump the kids, but I couldn't stump the leaders. And they were just happy to have me there asking my mean questions. Um, but I, I didn't, wasn't discipled directly after I became a Christian. So I, it felt like it, looking back, they were kind of just happy that I had made a choice, right. but they weren't. Um, and there was lots of little things like, Hey, well, now that you're a Christian, you should maybe try not swearing all the time. <laughs> and that never occurred to me. So I tried it and it worked, but the, the idea of becoming a Christian and then automatically right away being in an environment where you're being discipled and mentored and told what to do and what not to do and shown like, Hey, like given all the understanding and taught right away, that's, that's probably like a big advantage for you. Right. Oh man. I, I am counting my blessings every single day that this church is what I was born into with, with my view of Christianity. You know, Mm -hmm. like I was introduced to something pretty amazing. I feel like I stumbled on a, a, you know, a hidden gem here at the father's house and I'm not saying that because I'm biased, but right. it's it's true. Well, you're from it, Orville, right? I, so I was that's... born and raised here. I've been I I came here when I was 28 to the church, and I lived here my whole life. And I, everybody just says Orville's a black hole. Like Orville's where you go to die, hmm. right? Like where dreams go to die. Yeah. And it's like coming here and just being, uh, you know discipled and having people take me under their wing and say, Hey man, like it, 
this is how you live as a Christian. It was more, it was more like, this is how you should do things now that you're a Christian, not you have to do this. Right. Cause there was a few churches that I went to and, and, uh, you know, that automatically want to start telling you, well, it's time to cut your hair you know, it's time to stop <laughs> listening to that devil's music. And yeah. it was just like here, it was like, this is a standard uh, of Christianity. And you know, it was never like pressured for me to like, you have to do this now. Right. It was somebody actually took time to speak to me like a father mm-hmm. or like, you know, like I was a son and, uh, you know, Steve's been on the podcast multiple times and I consider him my spiritual father. Yeah. He, he was the one that, that helped me pursue my now wife. And, uh, that was a dream I never thought was attainable to be married. And it's like, now I have a kid and he's turning two on Friday and and it's just amazing. And he's (laughs) awesome. And my wife is amazing, but it's true. It's like this, this place really has men and women that are going after, after this thing together. And they're going after this thing with the intention of just being pure and holy and following Jesus's words. Yeah. And so you, you touch on a little bit, but now, now you're actually one of those people that, like when I got here, you were taking me under your wing, yeah, right, and making sure I had everything I needed uh, moving here all the way from Canada. And I, I remember you pulling me aside a few times and just <laughs> like, hey, uh, there's sometimes where it's like, hey, you can't just talk on your phone, you know, during break at class. You know, you gotta hang out with people. And it's like, okay, I need to hear that. <laughs> um, and then there's other times where it's like, hey, is there anything like you look a little bit down and. Um, that's just authentic community coming out. And so yeah. in, in six years, you've gone from the person that was benefiting. You, know, you still benefit from that, but you, you were the, the direct benefit of the community and the mentoring and everything. And now you're you're receiving it and you're also giving it out, right? That's, right. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Uh, to Sometimes I have to pinch myself because it's like, really, this is where I am at in life? Mm-hmm. Like, now I teach in the school. Yeah. Like, whoa. If you would have told Johnny that seven years ago, he would have thought you were crazy, right? To just be in full-time ministry because I thought I was just going to be some washed up rocker guy for the rest of my life. But now I get this incredible opportunity to be, like you said, like I'm still on both sides. I'm still on both sides. I'm still receiving and, and giving, but it's like I'm in a position now where I'm giving a lot more. Yeah. Teaching and, and mentoring and, and now discipling other people, which right. is just, it's just a crazy, cool opportunity. And I, I take it very serious and uh, it's the funnest thing ever. That's cool. Do you still wear a, a wallet chain? I wish. Oh, man. That's I. I just think probably help me remember where my wallet is more. <laughs> right. So thanks for sharing a little bit about that before we get into our, our topic. Um, I, I thought Johnny would be really good to talk about this topic because him and I crack each other up. Sometimes we have a similar sense of humor and, and this is, this is a really important topic, but it's also kind of, kind of a funny one. We're thinking of it as uh, no more Mr. Nice Jesus. Mm. Um, and no more the reason Mr. nice guy, right. We just, I think in North America, we have this thought of Jesus as this, this like super fluffy guy. I like, I'm, I'm into pictures. And so I'm picturing, if I'm picturing what North America thinks of Jesus, just in general, um, I think we have this picture, soft focus, 
you know, a little bit of backlit, you know, flowy hair, holding, you know, simultaneously both holding a sheep and a kid and like looking lovingly at his, at his disciples and the people around him. And I mean, there's, there's truth in some of that stuff, but I think we get a really strange picture of Jesus or we have a really strange picture of Jesus in, in North America. And, and when you spend so much time as both of us have in the school reading straight the words of Jesus, you kind of come away with a different perspective, right? And that, that's why we were talking about it. No more Mr. Nice Guy Jesus, right? Yeah, I just, the first thing that, that comes to my mind when we're talking about this is that God of the Old Testament versus Jesus of the New Testament. Right. But it says that God was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So where do we get off thinking that there's just this old guy that is now done away with and then here's new Jesus and it's all peace and love and rainbows. Right. You know, and it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. There's scriptures and I'm sure we're going to get into some of these scriptures all throughout the new Testament where Jesus means business. Yes. He is love. Yes. God is love, but love is also discipline. Love also sometimes sounds like rebuke. Yeah, it's and, a little bit scary. Yeah. When you get into it, right? Yeah. But I mean, sometimes that that's what the truth is. We call it the uncommon truth and um it would be just just common. I mean, if it if it was just common then uh then we'd all we'd all know it, right? But it seems like we're and as a society, we're sort of missing missing that. And so uh why don't you go with me I want to check out some I've picked out some verses where I think that I think that the view of Jesus gets challenged a little bit just by his own words, right? And so I found one in uh, in Mark chapter 9, and uh, and it's pretty crazy. So um, I'm just going to read a little bit, and you, you let me know if this sounds like fluffy Jesus to you, right? So uh, this is Jesus talking here. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter enter life crippled than with two hands and go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And that's Man, that's that not just, going. That makes me want to just jump into your congregation and become right. just an mm. on fire, yeah, Christian. I've you know I can't count how many Hallmark cards <laughs> I've read with those verses on it. Right, <laughs> right. You don't send that to somebody who you know for a. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, right. <laughs> like hope your hope your significant other your your loved one didn't uh, tempt any little ones to sin. Otherwise, he'd have a great millstone cast around his neck. Right. Right. And have so, you even seen what a millstone looks like? Tell me about it. It's huge. It's like it's not like having just a little tiny brick wrapped around your neck, you know, and or a cinder block. It's it's a massive stone. It, and so it's like when you read stuff like this, you either have to follow it or cut it out. Yeah. So what happens? You read it. What do you think most people do who are sort of casually? casually glancing through the Bible. Maybe they've read through the Gospels a, a while ago, but they sort of have have moved on. I know that happened to me. What do you, like... I, I think that, and I, I can't speak for everybody, but I know personally, what, I wasn't 
too uncommon with things that that were in the Bible. Like I've picked through think the Bible growing up, and you know you've gone to like a a a, a service on Easter and stuff like that. So it's like I've I, but I think that when we hear these things, that sometimes people just think that that's for that time, right? Right. It's like, oh, well, that was in Jesus's time, but we live in a completely different yeah, people just get era now. And we're lining we're just, up to be fitted for millstones. Yeah. So it's like, well, we can't just pick and choose what we want to believe out of the Bible and make, and fit our theology around that. It's right. like we either have to read it for what it is or just not read it. Right. You know, and I think that that's kind of the trap and the, and, and the, you know, maybe the tactics that people use to just have have a church where people can come and feel comfortable and to feel hear a good message and feel like they're doing really good with their life and it's like it doesn't benefit me anything if i come and hear that i'm doing great or i feel good when i'm living in secret sin right or if i'm doing things to make one of these little ones stumble yeah like if somebody has an addiction to alcohol but i don't and i drink i'm at fault and they're and they see you and they're like and they oh, see me oh well he he's good to go like maybe I'm good to go it's like yeah. no dude you're not good to go right you, I need to be watching after them and saying hey like does you know it's like I don't drink so I'm just using this as a, mm-hmm. an example right but you know does this bother you yeah this bothers me okay well then it bothers me too because I care about your life right right yeah I think we get this this idea that Jesus is just just really nice and. I think it comes from, and and just nice to the exclusion of being truthful and and loving. I know that, like I've often thought of truth and love being on like a sort of a teeter totter, right? Like, well, you it's hard to be super truthful um, and loving at the same time, you know. Like people tell me, it wouldn't feel very loving for me when my daughter tells me, "Daddy, you're bald." Right. Like that's, <laughs> that's super truthful. doesn't feel really loving. Right. But if she were to be like, Oh yeah, you've got such great hair. You know, that's not, that's it's, not very truthful, but yeah. you know, it comes from a place of love. And I think we've in our, our society, we've sort of said, you know, like, I think we're teetering way more towards the, well, l- let's love people. And therefore let's not, let's not be too blunt with them. Right. Right. But that's the big, that's a big lie with, with that, that tactic, because it's like, you think you're being loving, but you're really not. Right. Right. It's like if when I first came here and, and Steve was trying to teach me how to pursue my my wife, you know, it's like if he would have just said like, Oh yeah, everything you did in the past was right. And it was good. And you're a good man and you're a good person. And it's like without him telling me, Hey dude, everything you did in the past, you can't do that now. Yeah. Everything yeah. that you used to do, you cannot do that. And so let's just read it for what it is, hear it bluntly and whether it hurts or not, or it's it, the truth hurts. Let's just, let's just go for it. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm thinking of this time in, uh, and I wrote this down in, in Luke, where the the leaders, Jesus is talking to the leaders and he's talking to the Pharisees first and and he's saying, you know, like you guys aren't really going the right way. Like you were entrusted with with stewarding the kingdom until the Messiah got here, but 
you kind of lost focus and he's, he's laying, you know, like laying down the law with them, <laughs> like probably literally right. Laying down yep. the law. And, um, uh, and somebody comes up and is like, that's kind of insulting to us. So, uh, there's this little, little time where he's talking to the, the Pharisees in, in Luke chapter 11. And, um, he ends talking to the Pharisees. He goes, woe to you for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without knowing it. Like you guys are basically dead, you know, dead guys acting like you're alive. Right. And, uh, so it says, it keeps going. One of the lawyers answered him, teacher in saying these things, you insult us also. (laughs) And Jesus said, woe to you lawyers also. For you load people with burdens that are hard to bear, and you yourself do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Um, and just goes on and on. And this guy's like, um, excuse me, that's kind of insulting. And he's like, well, good thing you spoke up because I'm about to insult you too. Right? <laughs> like, and that doesn't fit at all with, with Jesus, as, uh, Jesus as the nice guy who's not going to tell you anything you don't want to hear, right? Right. Like these guys were, well, tell, t- you tell me about, about the, the leaders. Like, what were they, like, why was he so mad at them? Well, like, I think it's what you said, man. They were entrusted with carrying out, uh, the ways of Christianity there. They were entrusted with something that was huge and it, it became more about just doing these, following these certain guidelines rather than trying to pursue God. Right. And he, he had to set them straight. Basically, they were leading people astray, right? Right. And so, I mean, you can either you can either let people let these guys go on their their way of you know, well, I don't want to insult you, so go ahead and lead the people astray, yeah. or you can you know lay down the law with them. And um, unfortunately, as humans, we don't really like when people lay down the law with us. That's true, because it takes a lot of perspective to be able to say, okay, that's for my best interest. I'll, I'll take it, you know, and, um, I mean, one of, one of the things that is not very comfortable is like constructive criticism, right? Like I'll be the first to admit that I don't love the way it makes me feel, but yeah. I love the benefits of it. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if I don't have somebody constantly saying, you know, having a good ear or saying things, saying things like, Hey, you need to bring it back over here. Mm hmm. You know, Steve always has this good example that, that God is like a plumb line, right? A straight right. line. And it's like, if anything's off, he, he's always there to remind you, Hey, we're going to go back over here because yeah. this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. This is the vision. This is the goal Yeah, to be straight up and down. I've seen you parent and it's a lot like that, right? When you True. have kids. So if, if I'm thinking I'm about to have my third kid, if I'm thinking, if I put myself in, in the the spot of, of God as a father and, and Jesus as a leader. And I, and I'm that to my kids, basically. Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't know. I'm not gonna just be like, Hey, maybe don't cross the street when there's cars coming both ways at 40 miles an hour. You're going to be yelling, Hey, get over here. Right. Stop. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's the authority that shows up. And Raising a raising a kid, man, you learn a lot through ra- raising raising kids, and uh, just about leadership and about you know love, and it it is still love when you have to have conversations with your kids that are hard, that are difficult. You know, you're te- you're trying to teach the kids, hey, you can't bite your friends. If <laughs> yeah. you do that again, we're gonna have to have a hard conversation. Yeah, you can't. 
yell at your mom. You can't, you know, and it's it sounds like Take a lot of... Take your bike down the steps. Yeah, you yeah. can't ride down. It's going to hurt. That's going to leave a red mark, as Steve would say. Yeah. You know? And I think a, a lot of today's culture is all about people pleasing and a lot mm-hmm. about just like, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to say anything that might hurt your feelings or challenge the your way you think. And if you read the Bible for truly what it is, Jesus is probably going to offend the way you think he's going to offend the way that you do things. And I don't think his intention is to offend you, but it's just like, he doesn't really, he doesn't care. Right. This is the truth. And that's that. Well, if it wasn't offensive, then you'd, you'd probably wonder, this is where my mind goes. You probably wonder if it was worthwhile at all. Right. Right. If it's, if it's not teaching anything that's hard, um, and if it's all, it's all easy to understand, then, then that just would tell me that it's like some guy made it up. Right. Right. It's just a made up story to make me feel good, which is a criticism that religion in general would get from like, from the atheist community or from the, you know, people who are or not of the faith community, like, well, you just believe something that makes you feel comfortable. But if that's the case, then I need right, to choose a well different religion. Different right? else. Yeah. Get a different, uh, different religion or, or Cause he's not different making, job. he's not making you feel comfortable. I mean, I just think he's, he's, uh, without reading all these verses that I've, I've put down, he's says things like to his followers, like you guys are hypocrites or to the Jews who believed in him. Yeah. He calls them sons of their father, the devil. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking like one of Peter, his, one of his boys that, that chose to follow him and to yeah. just leave everything behind. He calls him Satan. Right. Get yeah. behind me, Satan. If I'm, if I'm making up a story, I'm not going to put the, the, like one of the main characters, I'm not going to have him get called by the, the main guy, Jesus. I'm not going to get him, get him called Satan. Right. Like, right. let's just write that one out of the script, but <laughs> that's exactly what he does. Right. Yeah. Right. After Peter's like, I know you're the one, you're the one to come. You're the Messiah, the son of God. And then, then Peter, you know, he's in line with Jesus and Jesus says, yeah, heaven revealed that to you. And then, then it just takes Peter a second to sort of get off the, get off that plumb line and yeah. And, and uh, you're never going to die. Jesus, like I won't let yeah. it happen. And Jesus right. like, yeah, you're get behind me. Satan, Satan, you're a hindrance to me. Right. Like, I think, oh. I think that, that people and, and I myself in the, you know, in the past before I had this revelation that that is not love. Yeah. That discipline that. is, is it's not love. And if you discipline, uh, you don't love your children or you don't love your friends or whatever, you know, and I very much believe that it is love, Mm -hmm. you know, after, you know, if my, if my, like just using my son as an example, if he, if he bites one of his friends or, or does something that's out of pocket and, you know, we, I bring him back to, and, and say, Hey, look, man, we don't do stuff like that. We're, you know, you're my son yeah. and you're better than that. And, you know, he might cry or, you know, f- you know, feel bad, but it's like, Hey, I know, I know that this is hard, but this is love. This is me loving you yeah, so that you will be the best of the best one day. Yeah. You already are good, you know? And so it's like, we need to get past this lie that, that this is just being mean or controlling or religions trying to control me it's like mm-hmm. no the things that jesus says are hard 
but he loves so well. Right. He loves you so much. And I think that even the people where, where he says like, uh, if you don't bear any fruit that those things are going to be cut off and thrown into a fire or people like that are going to go to a lake of fire. It's like, I still believe that he loves them even though that that had to be done. Yeah. And he's telling them, Hey, the time to change what you're doing is now because yeah. this is what's he, what's in store for he you, right? He desperately wants us to get this. Yeah. It is his goal that no man should perish. But it's like everybody has a choice to make. Yeah. Everybody has to make the, make their own decisions. And uh, unfortunately, Jesus isn't going to push you into a posture of surrendering to that choice. Yeah. Another th- uh, pitfall I think we get into is believing... Because Jesus is is so loving, and I think I think I see it now as he is like full full on love and full on truth at the same time, and that's, that's why he's such a as us humans. You we kind of have to not that he wasn't human, but we kind of have to pick one side or the other, right? And, right. And sometimes it sounds really weird when I was like, you know, you try the sandwich, the compliment thing, where it's yeah. like, hey, I like your hair today. By the way, you really sucked at that thing the other day, and you really need to change it. But <laughs> like, hey, cool shirt, right? Have you ever heard that yeah, sandwich, like, the like, compliments thing? Yeah, like passive aggressive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he didn't do any of that. He's just like, you need to change? You yeah. know, here it is. Or, um, But he, it, didn't com- it didn't keep him from telling uh, wa- like washing his disciples' feet, like he he still washed Peter's feet after calling him Satan, right? Yeah. And uh, and that's another thing we need to get to. But I was I was just thinking of so in in researching for this podcast, I was looking into Revelation, right? And and so that's that isn't on the School of Transformation homework list, and so I haven't spent the last little while reading it. So it's been been about a year or so since I last read Revelation, and I realized that we don't want to scare our students away right, too but, soon. But uh, there's some fun, like, it's almost funny to me, some of the things that you can't hold this con- uh, this contradictory idea of Jesus is just cute and read Revelation at the same time, because he, he's, uh, the, even the way that he describes himself, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm the one with the sharp double-edged sword coming out of my mouth. And, and, if I try to picture Jesus with a sword coming out of his mouth and Jesus with a lamb and a little, you know, kid, like that's kind of scary. Like they're not, they're not the same picture at all. Right. Or no. I'm the one with white hair and, and eyes, the flame of a fire. Right. Just yeah. that. Yeah. That's really scary. Yeah. And my feet are like burnished bronze, you know? Um, and some of the things he, he's writing letters to churches, to, to believers, um, and he's telling them things like, uh, like he warns them, like, I, I hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which were a sect of, of people that were getting it wrong. Right. And, and like you said, you're like, wow, he hates things. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Jesus, you know? Jesus says the word hate. Yeah. It's crazy. Or, um, he, he's encouraging some of his followers and it's like, yeah, go ahead. Be faithful unto death. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yes. Oh, Wow. Okay. There's something. There's something that's required of me here. Right. Um, or, or he's talking about people who are actively leading others astray in the church, and he's saying, "Yeah, her descendants, I'm going to destroy, and I'm going to cast her on a sick bed." Wow. What even so, is that? Right. So, <laughs> if that's the same Jesus that I'm following now, 
that somehow I'm not going to be able to get away with things the same way as if I, if I thought I was following, uh, just good teacher Jesus or, um, the guy sitting, you know, sitting on the rock petting a lamb. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so what do you think about that? Like the way we see Jesus is also the way we see God. I think of when Philip says, Jesus, just show us the father and that'll be enough for us. And he looks at him and says, do you not know me, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen the father, right? Yeah. You, you have to, to fully understand who God is. You have to know the person of God and the person of God is Jesus. It's been revealed to us. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, and to have the, his Holy Spirit living inside of you, you, you can't misinterpret who Jesus is. You have to have them. Uh, they're the same person. They're, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, we, we serve a, a, a triune God. You know, it's, it's not God over here, Jesus over here is, no, if you've seen me, you've seen God. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, and so if you, if you get the wrong picture of Jesus, then you, you get really confused about who God is, right? It's true. You, if, you, if you have this misconception of who Jesus is and that he's just some nice guy, wimpy teacher guy that just died, you know, a brutal death on the cross— you're going to miss who the father is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think that, that it's really important to know, know who he is because if you, if you just, if you see them, like if you see Jesus as how we've been saying, like society sort of has this misconception of him, then there's a huge gap between what we read of, of the father in the old Testament the scary lightning, you know, flooding things, um, you know, just like <laughs> makes you want to go hide in your basement, right? Man, some and then, of those stories, I, I, I'm, I was thinking about, uh, like, just when, when Noah floods the earth, it's like yeah. you, you see, like, there used to be in this nursery that we're actually in right now, there used to be a, a painting on the wall of like all these cute little elephants. Yeah, that's and, in, that was and, in the nursery at it, our old church. Too. And you know, and like on a boat with a guy like waving, you know, yeah. like who the heck's out there taking the picture? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they, you know, what they don't mention is probably how many floating bodies. Yeah, you were never in the water. see a floating body in those <laughs> it's nursery like, well, murals. Either everybody else was dead, so yeah. where'd they go? Such not so to get quiet, too graphic, man. but I mean, it's like right? that's the same God that we serve in the person of Jesus, right? And he cares about the same things, right? Yeah. The, the world was flooded by God because he cared about holiness, and he wanted he wanted people to turn out right, That's and right. and they weren't going the right way. He sent Jesus as the final part of his plan to tell people you aren't going the right way, right? He comes on the scene and says, "Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand." Right? Yeah. Repent I mean, is is insulting. Like I'm not doing it right already. Right? Yeah. We can't miss that though. No. I mean, the whole point uh, of Jesus was to reconcile people back to the Father. Right. You know, it's all about it's all about relationship, and it's all about intimacy, and 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 Jesus coming to reconcile people back to this position of of relationship with God the Father. And you're you're not going to get to that position with the Father unless you truly understand who Jesus is. Right. All right, so you've been around the block a few times here. You're coming up on, well, actually, I already celebrated six years. So what do I need to do if, if I want to make sure I do not miss who Jesus is, that I don't glance over stuff, that I don't 
have the wrong conception of who he is. How right. do I do that? What I would suggest is actually reading your Bible and right. not re- reading it through the proper lens of not just trying to f- get an idea and then try to read it to fit your theology, but just reading it for what it says. Right. Right. So, or maybe reading it with the purpose of, hey, I'm going to read this Bible to find out what the nature of Jesus is. What does Jesus say? How should I live? Mm-hmm. Right. And not just that, but I mean, that's a huge one of reading the Bible. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as Steve would say. You know, yeah. he, he recommends that if you're confused and you are, you don't know who, who Jesus is, you need to stay in the Gospels for a very long time. Yeah. Right. And then, and then, go through the letters and, you know, the epistles and, right. uh, you know, if you want to get real crazy, you can read revelations and, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what, what helped me was getting around people that had Bible knowledge, Okay, people that had some yeah. years under the belt of being Christ- Christians. Right. Mm-hmm. P- it, when I looked at Steve, I thought, wow, that guy has really good fruit in his life. Yeah. He's his, been with Jesus. His kids love Jesus. He's been serving the Lord for 40 years. I should probably ask that guy yeah. how to be a Christian and yeah. ask him, Hey, who's this Jesus guy? Right. Right. Getting, getting around people that have just been around the block more further along than me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask somebody, you know, Hey, you've been a Christian for two days. What do you think of this Jesus guy? Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I'm going to go after somebody that's, that has some time under their belt of doing this thing. Right. So from now, I guess where we can leave it is recommend that everybody go and find that picture of Jesus that they have on their phone or on the wall and uh, edit it. So the eyes are like fire. The hair yes. is white. It's got like super bright burnished bronze shoes and a sword <laughs> coming out of his mouth. Well, I mean, I wouldn't take it that far, but what I would do is actually ask yourself a a couple questions that, hey, if you're going to be a Christian, you better be prepared for what that's going to look like. Right. Right. The, the, The thing that used to bother me about Christianity before I was a Christian was I didn't think that Christians were very genuine. I thought Christians were kind of hypocritical. Right. So it's like you, I'd have all these people that said, yeah, they're Christians, but it's like you're partying right alongside of me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you want to be a Christian, then actually be a Christian. Right. Let's actually, the word Christian means to be a little Christ. It means to be like Christ. And so it's like, that's a huge responsibility. That's a huge statement to say you are a Christian. And And if we want to do that, we got to... We got to actually look at Jesus, yeah, who, let's who take, he says he is. And let's take just, a good look at his life and see yeah. what does this look like? Can I do this? Let's count the cost. Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate having you on and telling your story and everything. It's really cool. I know we're going to have you on again in the future and uh, look forward to seeing what following Jesus is like for you in the next little while. All right. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Well, that's all we got for the show this week. Thank you so much for making us part of your podcast life. Before you go, I'd like to remind you of some ways you can get in contact with the show. You can find those in the show notes directly below the episode there. First of all, you can find my email in the show notes, and that'll allow you to get in touch with me, give me some feedback, and give us some topics that you'd like to hear on the show. might even read some of those out on the show itself. 
If you'd like more information about the School of Transformation, you can go to transformationschool.org or you can find it on the Father's House main page, which is changeoroville.org. And Oroville is spelled O-R-O-V-I-L-L-E. And definitely stop by our social media platforms. We've got YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can see a little bit more of what's going on here. Check out some of our sermons or just like some of our photos. That would be cool. I'm going to be posting a super corny selfie of Johnny and I in our cool nursery. So definitely check that out. And as always, I'd really appreciate it if you went on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at and leave us a rating, five stars please, and a review so that more people can see us on the charts and get to know the podcast that way. Other than that, enjoy your week and we'll see you next time on The Uncommon Truth.